What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host, Sean Smith, joined by my co-host, Derek Terry of the Cats Paws. Derek, how are you? Doing well, Sean. How are you? Doing well, Derek. Uh, we're going to dive into some more basketball talk today. So on Monday's episode, if you missed it, we had Corey Evans of Rivals on to talk the latest with Scott Clark, Jaden Hardy, Hunter Salas, all those 2021 guys, and then 22 with Clark. Uh, Derek, a solid episode that's still moving for us today as far as numbers. I think people uh, enjoyed that episode, even if it wasn't all positive news. It was chock full of information about Kentucky basketball recruiting. Every question that you had about UK basketball recruiting in present classes, it was answered right there. It was. Um, something I know that has gotten some traction just from – the tweets that I've seen from some other UK riders. And uh, it was really good. And like we said yesterday, we appreciate Corey coming on. Um, you know, a guy in that role that he has as a national recruiting director uh, for rivals, you know, he stays pretty busy. So to make the time to come on and talk some Kentucky basketball recruiting, I mean, that's something that just looking at our numbers, Sean, uh, a lot of people have already listened to and will continue to listen to. Yeah. They will, and Corey, Corey, once again, sort of moving toward the top is one of our most popular episodes, so I'm sure when I text him that, uh, he's going to be happy about that, but we're going to stick with the basketball topic for Tuesday's episode. We're going to be joined by Joel Justice, Kentucky men's basketball assistant coach. Uh, Derek, it's, it's a guy that you don't hear a ton from him outside of what UK promotes with some of their shows. Like, you know, you get the Cal – on the show you've heard from Kenny on some things when he was there uh, most recently Bruiser and Jay Lucas uh, joining some shows but nobody really talks to Joel a ton so I thought it was a good idea we both did to have Joel on uh, Joel's a bright young mind in the college basketball landscape and a soon-to-be head coach at some program uh, one of the top assistants in college basketball and I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say yeah for sure I mean, no question with the, so many kind of changes this year I mean Joel's turning into a more or less a veteran kind of on the staff um his first year was 2016-17 as, as a head coach he's been at UK since 2014-15 previously an analytics guy who worked his way to to being a uh, full-time assistant at the premier college basketball program in the country so a cool story there uh the Joel's background anyway but yeah, a guy who I believe Sean wasn't at Cal a few days ago on his Zoom was talking about how it's I think it was just him and Joel doing workouts at some point. So yeah. with the dribble good. drive and doing that. Yeah. He he's a guy, Derek, you already mentioned where he started with the analytics position. When you watch if you go back to the thirty eight and one Kentucky team, you see Joel at the end of the bench, maybe sometimes behind the bench. So he wasn't really a face that you knew a lot about. 
and then when he first went on staff in 2016. But over the last few years, you see his impact at Kentucky. You hear it when we talk to recruits. When I talk to recruits, it's always the relationship with Joel. Uh, Devin Askew, when I talk to his dad, he is always about Joel. Just Joel, Joel, Joel. Like Joel's one of the top guys um, on the staff and a solid piece that I know Cal is still happy to have in Lexington. I don't know how much longer he's going to have him in Lexington because, uh, Derek, this uh, this program at Kentucky, as well as it does, it, it grooms and prepares others to go and lead their own program, which is something that Joel will do at some point. Yeah, you would think not only having that Cal Perry reference, which is by far going to be his biggest reference, but it's not only that, it's being on a staff. Um, he, You know, you talk about Tony Barbie a former SEC coach and a coach at a mid-major level, uh, UTEP, who was very successful. And obviously Kenny departed, but in his place comes a guy like Bruiser Flint, who has over 20 years of head coaching experience. So for Joel, you would think the experience and the knowledge he'll be able to gain from Bruiser and the continuing knowledge he'll get from a guy like Tony Barbie. I mean, I would think if you are uh, a program – at the mid-major to maybe small-major type level, I would think he'll be one of the top guys on the radar for a lot of these schools. I mean, ability – and obviously, if you are at a school – at a lower-level school, ET, uh, Eastern Tennessee – East Tennessee State, excuse me, is the school that I'm thinking of that he was in play for last year. There might have been a few more, Sean. I don't remember. Just East Tennessee State's the one that pops out. And obviously, the kind of kids that he recruits at Kentucky, he will not be targeting those same kids – at probably his first head coaching stop. But I would think a guy with that kind of resume will, I mean, be a fairly attractive option for for a low-level type school like that. He will be, for sure. So I guess I'll ask you this, Derek. What are you looking forward to the most about this interview and asking him, like you have a couple of questions in mind that are topics in mind that you're going to get to because I know that was something that you and I talked about yesterday, that we would get our things together and then, you know, just sort of combine them. So what are a couple of topics that you're focusing on? Yeah, I always like big picture items. Um, now that we're pretty deep into this pandemic, I mean, the recruiting is is probably something that they're used to by now, I would think. So I'd, I'd like for him being one of the main recruiters on the staff, I'd like to kind of hear how they've gone about it and, you hear it a little bit on the football side. I wonder how that'll affect, you know, not only this upcoming 21 class, but down the road when you can't have kids on campus. I don't know. It seems like that might be a bigger issue for football, the football staff going forward as opposed to basketball because, I mean, UK basketball, you can – that's the kind of brand that can attract a kid even if he never visits your school. You can still get him. Uh, and then I guess the other stuff will just be personnel. I'd like to hear a little bit about – some of the position battles, maybe uh, a guy like Keon Brooks, who at least we're familiar with, it's kind of seeing how he's adjusting into year two, and you know maybe maybe how some of these changes on the staff have have affected him and, and what he thinks about them. But past that, Sean, I think uh, that's kind of what I'm going to be focusing on. Yeah, and I'm going to focus on Jacob Toppin. I'm going to ask him about Jacob because I think that's a guy that sort of gets lost in the fold especially with the fan base because they – even you and I have forgotten about him a couple of times when we're talking about, you know, next year's team and what could possibly return just because he's not available this year. So I want to ask about Toppin. And then I want to ask about the defensive potential of this team. You know, Cal touched on it in the Zoom call a couple of weeks ago that they had two guys blocking shots at the rim. Uh, you know, he made a comparison to a, a team in the past. We sort of 
keyed in and zoned in on the 2014-2015 team, but it could have been the BAM team as well. I don't know. But uh, obviously there's defensive potential there with a lot of length. And, you know, what a nice setup and what a good deal to have there with all the interchangeable pieces that this roster has. But speaking of deals, we are now sponsored by the Butcher's Pub. That is the title sponsor of Kentucky Daily. So every day that you listen to this podcast, it will be brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, which now – has two convenient locations, one in Palmville, Kentucky, and one in Williamsburg, Kentucky, close to the campus there at the University of the Cumberlands. Uh, the Butcher's Pub, Derek, it's a wonderful place to get out to on the weekends. They have live music. They have daily specials. My favorite daily special is Wing Wednesday, so I'm giving this to you on Tuesday in case you're in one of those locations that you can get to tomorrow. You get 75-cent wings all day long. Any sauce you can think of but my favorite is the zombie sauce Derek if you ever get a chance to get to the butcher's pub it is mouth-watering good I literally sit down and I have to have 10 of those things like zombie sauce just I look like a zombie by the time I get finished eating those so the butcher's pub two locations one in Palmville Kentucky one in Williamsburg Kentucky so get out to the pub show your support for Kentucky Daily and the butcher's pub for helping the show out and uh, that'll be a place Derek here in the future we'll be doing some live shows and if you want to see more of their daily specials and everything, you can visit their website, www.thebutcherspub.com. So you can get all your information there about the pub and some of the items that they have and some of their specials. And then who is their lineup on the weekends? They have live music Friday night, Saturday night. Uh, but Derek, let's go ahead and take a quick break and then we'll get into the episode with Joel Justice. Welcome back, everyone, to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by Joel Justice, Kentucky men's basketball assistant coach. Joel, thanks for joining us. Hey, good morning. Great to be here. Hope you guys are well. Doing well, Joel. So let's go ahead and just start with some early impressions that you have of this 2020-2021 Kentucky basketball team through these summer workouts and now that the semester started. Shoot, we're going, we're going fast here. Um, <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think it's it's a it's a wonderful group, you know, and I, and I think that you look back and you know one of the, the most disheartening things uh, was the way that we were introduced to this group. You know, so many of these guys came to campus, um, and due to kind of Kentucky rules and SEC and then NCAA, you know, we weren't allowed to see these guys. You know, for the first I think it was three weeks they were on campus. You know, we being the coaching staff. Uh, and we were talking to them on FaceTime or Zoom or text or, you know, old-fashioned phone calls. Um, so what made it even more, you know, exciting was when you actually got to be around the guys, uh, when we got to be in the gym with them, uh, when we got to spend time. It, it was a, a great kind of, a, I guess, experience for everybody um, that was lost, you know, by so many days having to be apart um, but they're a fun they're an exciting group uh, they have great energy they have a a major competitive spirit that i think that we we knew and we identified in the kind of recruiting process but um you know every day is is it is an exciting is an exciting uh, opportunity to be with them and uh, i guess at the same time <laughs> Every day, you never, you never know what's going to happen. So it's a, you're, you're grateful for today that we get to be in the gym. We're 
and hopeful that, that tomorrow will be another one. Joel, you're one of the top recruiters on the staff, and I guess we're about six months in now into the pandemic and the changes that have come about in recruiting with mostly totally just being all virtual. Just uh, in general, how different has that been? Uh, and now do you feel like you you guys as a staff have, have kind of gotten the hang of what you need to do in order to, to, to connect with kids uh, this way? Well, I think when you talk about our staff, I mean, you know, with Cal – um, you know, still being a Hall of Fame coach um, with everything that he's done, um, you know, in his time here at Kentucky with what he's done for, for families, for what he's done for players uh, and the staff that he's had here, you know, in the past ha has set a tremendous uh, standard, uh, not only for our current staff, um, but also for our players. Uh, to know what you get when you come here. Um, the, the stage, uh, the culture uh, is, is just different. Um, and I think when you talk about, you know, Tony Barbie and I have been here for six years and now with the addition of, of Bruiser uh, and Jay Lucas, um, you know, you've got a, a staff that is, you know, well-versed in, in so many different, you know, areas of college basketball. You talk about Bruiser, who's, who's been around, who's been a head coach for over 20 years. You talk about Tony Barbie, who's been a head coach at two different schools and, and has had success, um, was a coach in the SEC. And, um, and, and now you talk about Jay, who's coming in, who's, you know, been at a high major school that's recruited top 10 talent, who's produced NBA players. Um, I think that what you've got is, is a collection of, of coaches that love basketball, uh, that love to be in the gym, uh, that are team, you know, first people. I think that's one of the things that I've loved about working with Kenny, with working with uh, Tony, with working with Robes, uh, even the one year that I worked with Slice. Um, and, and I think that's the culture that Cal established a long time ago, even with our players. You know, this is, this is about the team and, you know, hey, everybody eats here. And everybody is, is doing their part. And if you can be a good teammate, uh, you know, good things are going to happen, you know, for you individually. So, you know, for us, I, I think we've had to adapt. I think it's also, you know, something that, that we've enjoyed, you know, the, the new wave of, of recruiting. Um, but I, I would say that it's, it's something that we really haven't, you know, missed a beat, you know, skipped a beat. Uh, it's, it's something that's business as usual for, for us. You mentioned that you all didn't get to have any contact or see the guys when they first got to campus, but how big was it to get them on campus when you did and get them sort of acclimated, you know, to the facility and getting in the facility when they could, because not every program had that option, Joel. And I, and I think there's some programs that still don't, uh, you know, you have, uh, I mean, Brad Calipari's still in town and no one has been working out you know, some with our team because they haven't been able to get in their gym at Detroit. So I, I think when you talk to other coaches, there, there's a lot of teams in, in Division One programs that, that aren't in the gym. You know, so for us with the, the wonderful facilities that we have here and the dedication, you know, from Dr. Capilouto and Mitch, you know, Barnhart, and at the time Dwayne Peavy to, you know, formulate a a program here to, to keep these guys number one safe, but also to allow them to, to continue to, to work. Uh, it was huge, you know, for, for us and for our players. And, and I think with what coach Cal has done, you know, in the, 
you know, months after the initial arrival for their mental health has been, you know, key. Uh, and I think when we talk about that here, um, you know, that has really, I think, been a, a major factor in, in the success of our summer so far and now falling into, you know, the preseason or the fall season for us is, is keeping these guys happy and hungry. Um, but, uh, but the number one thing is safe. Well, you guys uh, obviously signed Devin Askew. He reclassified. He's coming in for this season. But you also signed uh, Davion Mintz, uh, a graduate transfer from Creighton. How important was it for you guys to have a veteran, uh, a point guard, on this year's roster, given how young the basically the, the rest of the parts will be this year? Well, I think it's huge. I mean, when, in a, when we were going through this in the spring, you know, that was something that came up. You know, was having someone that was versatile, someone that, um, you know, has been through the battles, you know, of high-level college basketball, not just a, a guy that's a low-major, you know, kind of all-star, all-conference guy that, that went in and shot all the balls for, you know, a, a team and, and had great stats. You know, uh, Davion had uh, meaningful minutes, um, played with other really good guards, obviously, at Creighton, and, and that's important here uh, is, is – how can you adapt to, to playing with really good players? Um, do you embrace that? And uh, through the process, you know, Davion was excited about that. You know, and, and for us, it's uh, the ability to have uh, a guard like him that you can kind of move into different parts of, of the backcourt, um, I, I think is, is one of the most vital parts of, of this team moving forward. And if we can be successful, especially early, you know, I said this, in, in an interview early on is, you know, the, the thing about Davion and Olivier, is they, they have also had a lot of basketball practices, you know, under, under their belt. And, um, you know, that's so important. You know, it's, it's important for um, the approach to the day, you know, that Olivier and Davion are going to have, but also, you know, the somewhat monotony of practice, you know, that, that, that kind of hits there right before you start playing games. Um, and, uh, and to understand and to have a voice in the locker room, um, you know, that can really, uh, I guess, speak on how important every day is and every rep is, um, especially when we're trying to do what, what we want to do, you know, there in March and April. Now, this team has a lot of length, has a lot of interchangeable pieces. Uh, Joel, you guys like to pressure up on the basketball then you got some length on the back end to block some shots so just what what do you see with maybe some of the defensive potential with this team well I think you hit on it earlier with the the length uh, is, is something that that stands out you know again with with a kind of a John Calipari kind of team is is the length especially in the backcourt you know when you're talking about you know Davion is uh, you know, I don't know, 6'2", six, 6'3", six, and, and then Devin is, is a solid 6'3", six, 6'4", six, maybe. Um, but then you jump right to Terrence Clark, who's, you know, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, and, and then B.J. Boston, you know, right about that same size, if not taller. Um, and then you jump right to Cam Fletcher, you go to Keon Brooks, you know, who can be, you know, kind of if you want to go with a big lineup there in the backcourt or, or even – you know, even you could go with a, a quote-unquote small lineup, you know, and put those with the, those guys at the four, you know, all the way to Olivier, you know, Saar, who uh, can can be a guy that is interchangeable in the front court. Um, 
and then with with Lance and Isaiah Jackson, and, you know, and you know Dante Allen is is now back and healthy. Uh, I think you're you're talking about a group of guys that is, uh, you know, is interchangeable and and can be a, a team that the Cal, you know, has always been successful with. Keon is really the only guy back who played meaningful minutes on last season's team at Kentucky. I believe uh, it was a couple of weeks ago we heard from either him or Cal kind of talking about their comfort level being in year two. Just typically in your time here, uh, how much of a more of a comfort level do you usually see in guys who come back for their second year uh, as to how the process is done at Kentucky? And with that, what kind of season do you expect uh, Keon will need to have for you guys to reach your potential? Well, you know, I mean, I, I think that, you know, there's so many growing pains that young people have as freshmen. Uh, they learn so much. They, they understand the rhythms of the season. Uh, and, and now I say that, and, and this season is all totally whacked, you know, in terms of when I say rhythms. But uh, they, they know what a, what a big game feels like. They know what a, a bad practice feels like or a good practice or, you know, how to respond you know, to a good game or how to respond to a bad game. And when you're a freshman, you have no clue. You know, you're just kind of like drinking from a fire hose. Um, and and Keon, you know, was, was we talked about this the other day, in a little bit of a unique spot, similar to like Emmanuel quickly, you know, in his freshman year. You know, Emmanuel would play multiple positions. He'd play on the ball. He'd play off the ball. And in practice, he'd be on the ball. In the games, he'd be off the ball. Or Keon kind of – and I think this this second season he will benefit from that. Whereas you know in your first year sometimes you you struggle you know with that because you can never really kind of find that rhythm uh, as you're going from you know a wing to a small ball four or now he has that luxury I guess you know in his first year sometimes it's it's a little bit you know consuming you know mentally uh, now I think that it's a it's a huge asset. And one that he he's excited about, and you know, I think when when you're a second year guy, you know, it's it's just the the confidence that you you know bring because you understand what's about to to happen. You know, it's it's uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I guess the the way you could kind of you know talk about it is you know, I mean, in little league baseball, when you move up and you you know you're playing against live pitching and you understand it. And, you know, then you, you kind of are you you are the oldest guy now on the on the field, and I mean, it's kind of one of those things you feel comfortable. So you probably never strike out, right, Derek? I mean, you, if you never strike out in little league, I mean, it, you you must be feeling pretty comfortable. Well, sometimes you get the benefit of some good calls here and there. Now, Joel, this is a program that hasn't taken a lot of sit-out transfers in the past, but you guys did that with Jacob Toppin, and I think he's a guy that's sort of forgotten about with the fans because you don't have him available for this season. So just, just give the fans a little bit about who Jacob is and what are you guys seeing from him through these early workouts? No, I mean, it's, uh, you know, a, a guy that has come in and had a, you know, a great impact on our workouts, great impact on our team practices. Um, He's got great length, great athleticism, and I think with, with a year here, you know, being able to improve his body, uh, really focus on, you know, improving his body, adding some weight, some strength, but also, you know, really working on some skills. You know, I think he's a guy who's a, 
a versatile player that can, you know, play inside out, um, but also a guy that, you know, hopefully can, can play outside in, you know, and, and can really just allow you to do different things, you know, when he hits the floor for us next year. I think this year he's just going to give us, you know, a great guy to have in practice. You know, so much of our culture here is, is the daily grind of, of getting better, playing against really good players. Um, and, and that's where, you know, he's going to come in. He's going to benefit, but, but I think everybody else will as well. Uh, a few weeks ago when we talked to Cal, he – well, I guess maybe it was when we talked to Bruiser. He talked about Cal being uh, re-energized with uh, Dwayne Peavy, said that as well, which – is nothing new considering the changes that happen every season. I think Cal typically is that way. But I was wondering for you as an assistant, uh, when you do welcome in a whole new group like this season, where I think you have to replace over either right at or over 90% of almost all of last season's production, does that make you excited, nervous? How do you go into that as an assistant coach? I mean, I, you know, it's, it's, it's a new team, you know, and each one of these guys, you know, this, this is their time, you know, so they're extremely energetic to be here. They're excited to be here, but, you know, you also have a responsibility to those guys and, and their parents. Um, you know, when you've sat in, in living rooms or you've spent, you know, time in the recruiting process, um, you know, there's not a lot of promises that they Cal, uh, I, I think, throws on the table to folks. I mean, he doesn't say, all right, you come here, you're going to shoot all the balls, you're going to start. Uh, you're going to play this many minutes, like I think a lot of other coaches do and, and probably have to do. Um, but I think the thing that we promise is time. I think that we, you know, promise that we're going to be there for them. We're, we're going to work with them. We're going to have uh, energy, you know, to help them become better and, and, and to chase their dreams. And I, I think there's nothing better, you know, about my job here um, you know, than, than working with motivated young people. Uh, I think that, you know, we don't have a whole lot of lawnmowers here that you've got to crank up, you know, and get going. It's a self-starting group that, uh, you know, is excited to be in the gym every single day. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, I, I am excited about each one of our teams because it's the, the relationships that you have with the folks right now, it's go time when they get here. You know, and you kind of got to put your money, you know, where your mouth is a little bit. Last question for you. How much are you enjoying sitting back and watching your all's guys in the bubble right now have a success, have the success that they're having, like Bam and Tyler and all those guys? I mean, it's it's fun. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I, I've never really been a, a big, you know, NBA fan uh, until I got to Kentucky. And, and obviously – the reason you pay a little bit more attention to it now is because you know the guys, you know, and you have a little bit more of a relationship, um, you know, with them. And yeah, I mean, it's funny. I mean, it, <laughs> I think for the first time I, I'm sitting here cheering, you know, now I'd kind of casually watch it. Now I'm like really into the games and kind of screaming at the TV, you know, in the fourth quarter, you know, the other night. And it's funny. I mean, I woke up this morning and it's like, you know, all right, you know, I can't wait for 6.30 to get here tonight to, to kind of watch, you know, that game. And, you know, I was texting with Bam's mom during the game the other day. And, um, you know, it, it is cool. And it's um, it, it's fun to see those guys working. And, you know, but it's, it's uh, you know, it was cool. I mean, just even talking with Shay and uh, his time down in the bubble, 
you know, kind of where he, where his head is now. I mean, it's, uh, it's cool to see these guys that are, that are still so motivated and, uh, you know, kind of what their next steps are. Great stuff, Joel. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your morning to join us and uh, best of luck with this team this season. All right. Fantastic. Thanks guys. So that was Kentucky men's basketball coach, Joel Justice. Uh, Derek, a solid interview. Uh, we he uh, I think he didn't expect us to get into the roster so quickly at the beginning. I said, oh, we're moving fast here. Uh, but I thought that that was the perfect place to start was sort of just break it down from the top and then sort of branch out from there. And we 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 branched out quite a bit there and talked about a number of topics. Yeah, I mean, went from this year's roster all the way to the NBA bubble. Some of the guys that he coached here at Kentucky who are – excelling on the big stage. I mean, tonight you got uh, the Miami Heat playing, trying to close out their series. But that's probably an interesting perspective for Joel. A um, little surprised to hear that he wasn't a big NBA fan uh, prior to becoming uh, a coach at Kentucky. I just kind of think most basketball people probably uh, love the NBA. But a cool perspective to go from that, though, to actually knowing these kids and coaching these kids and seeing them succeed. I'm sure that's a, there's a proud feeling there for the assistants and of course, Cal Perry, too. You hear about him all the time. But, no, I thought a very informative interview with a guy who's working closely, obviously, as a coach with uh, this year's team. I mean, talked a little bit about the experience that Davion Mance and Olivier Saar, who I guess maybe we could have asked about the eligibility. I just typically for people listening to this, like any kind of news, you don't ever get it in the media from assistants on the record like that. I mean, that's – if we would have asked about Olivier Saar, Sean, I'm sure we would have gotten the – that's a John Calipari question. That's just how it is whenever you – so that's why well, we didn't ask about Saar. You, you don't want to ask that when you know that that's a question for someone higher up from him because he's not going to say anything and then Cal end up being like, why would you say that? Because then <laughs> – so that's just how that was. So we didn't even – and then two – we would know something if they knew something like right. if they wanted it to be made public right now, uh, if it, if there was, a, but I'm, I still, I'm under the impression, Derek, that they, they don't have a response on it. I mean, obviously, uh, cause what's there to hide really? I mean, you're not, what are you saving him? If you, if you want to keep it under wraps, I mean, the season, who knows, it's still two and a half months away. Uh, so we just didn't get to that topic, but I thought we got to a lot of good topics. Uh, you know, Keon's potential and the potential of this team, what Keon has to do to get there. Uh, the thing that stands out to me, Derek, was the question that I asked about the defensive potential. And he was mentioning, you know, you have six two, six three guards there with Mints and Askew. But then it's a huge jump. When you go from that one spot to that two spot, you're talking like four inches at least, six seven, possibly six eight with Terrence Clark and B.J. Boston. Derek, we've seen in the past with Kentucky, they like to switch a lot of things on the perimeter. They'll switch a lot of ball screens with their bigs. They'll they'll jump switch some things with some of those away screens. When you have those pieces that at that length, you don't give up anything if you switch. No, you're right. I mean, you, if they were in a situation where they did use Terrence Clark uh, primarily on the ball, or I don't I don't think BJ Boston will really play that role a ton. But just in the event that those two are on the floor, I mean, you could have a scenario where the shortest guy on the floor is around 6'6". Six, six. I mean, if you played a lineup with Clark and Boston in the backcourt, you could move Keon to the three and then down in the post, whatever arrangement you want with uh, Saar or Jackson or Ware. I mean, that is a big lineup. And that's just kind of the possibilities that they have this year if they want to do that. I mean, the athleticism, I mean, you would think Clark – I don't know if you'll see it at Kentucky in his one year, but I would think Clark's 
athleticism, his potential would allow him to be a pretty good defender as his career goes on. So that'll be an exciting thing. You know, Keon is going to work hard defensively, and it sounds like Isaiah Jackson. I mean, if you're just talking about a pure defensive lineup based on his shot-blocking ability, there are some intriguing options. And, you know, you already heard Cal talk about it a little bit a few weeks ago, one of his press conferences on Zoom, talking about how, how guys drive into the lane and you have two guys – sure he's exaggerating like usual but two guys blocking a shot and Sar was not a uh, I wouldn't call him an elite shot blocker at Wake Forest by any means but he was still a uh, team leader down there had I think uh, 36 blocks I don't know that off the top of my head looking it up but I wrote it in a story a little bit ago but um that that's always the main focus I mean for Cal is you have to be able to play defense I mean he can he can go with you've seen him rot out some guys who uh could not really score that well, but if you were contributing on defense, you always had a shot to stay on the floor. You think Cal exaggerates? I think he tends to yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Once or twice he has. He does. He does a few times for sure. You know, uh, I thought worry about that actually. Real quick on Cal's exaggeration. This is kind of a funny story, and it goes back to Reed Travis two years ago, where uh, Cal after I know it was after Tennessee, and then there was another game I think where he said Reed Travis is on an IV. He played so hard, he had to be put on an IV after the game. And I thought it sounded like an exaggeration there, but you have to know that we were sitting at the press conference. He's walking down the steps, and he asked Eric Lindsay, UK's basketball SID, or one of the SIDs there, if Reed was still on the IV. And I don't know what the answer was from Eric, but, like, it turns out, obviously, Reed Travis was never on an IV at any point doing that and I asked Reed that in, in a press conference which was just kind of me him and a few other guys that he just kind of laughed at me I was like no I've never I've never done that I think he's just trying to make a point and but it's that's to the extent that Calipari exaggerates these things that he will make these things up in his head ask the SID about a situation that is not even going on at the time but that's that's my John Calipari exaggeration story and you know Harry's probably thinking yeah you know, just like, what do you say back to that? Yeah, but my, I think my favorite John Calipari story as we wrap up here is when you'll ask him something, and I can't remember what it was last year. Somebody asked him something about somebody else, and he said two words, and he said, but how about Nick? He said, how about Nick tonight? <laughs> you know, and like you just go like a completely, when he doesn't want to give you something or doesn't want to answer something, he'll take it another direction, Derek. Like, mm-hmm. he's the best. Uh, he's the best at taking those press conferences and just rambling and just saying whatever he wants to that, say. He's the worst for people trying to write about a story. Like like Joel, Joel, for instance, if you wanted to write about a player, it would be way better to end up on a day where Joel is running the press conference versus Cal because you know if you ask about a player, you'll actually get a response about that player. So, it's, well, I mean, that's, that's, I don't know if Cal's always been that way in terms of his whole career, but, you know, he, he's – Joel is probably not going to go viral with a clip, or as Cal, anything that happens. I mean, you could see Cal on a post game going going viral for. I mean, Davinsville rant this past year got a lot of yeah. national publicity. I mean, but didn't really make for great. If you're writing a story, though, if you wanted to write a news story, it was not. He's not going to help you, basically. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's good at taking a turn and it be it a yeah. sharp turn. Uh, but I hope you all enjoyed this interview with Joel Justice today. I, Hope you got something out of it. For those of you that are just tuning into the show, hoping to get football talk, we are going to pick that back up full speed ahead uh, on Wednesday's episode. There's going to be a ton of information. We, there's a lot that's 
sort of come out in the last few days that I want to get to with some topics, with some rankings, power rankings, and some other things. Uh, obviously, Mark Stoops last night said that Joey Gatewood, they're waiting on a waiver. They expect to hear one soon, but he expressed confidence to Derek. So we'll get to all that in the rest of the week. Uh, but this has been another episode of Kentucky Daily. We'll see you tomorrow.